Are you blessed or are you cursed With a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst Do you wanna confide about the darkness inside Come and talk about it on self All right, hello, hi everyone Welcome to Self-Worst Podcast It's a podcast about feelings You know the deal, I'm Brad Pearson I'm the host of Self-Worst Podcast Podcast about feelings And uh, this is this is gonna be the show You're listening to it Boom. Intro done. Uh, um, how are we uh, doing this week? Uh, I don't think. I don't think a lot of people aren't doing so great. Um, it's a little fucked up out there. Doing a new proxy war, huh? We're doing that again. We're doing another proxy war. Cool. Um, man, I don't know. Look, after all of that stuff happened on uh, October 7th, Hamas, uh, you know, uh, killing a bunch of people in Israel. I kept my mouth shut for a second because I thought as a white Germanic goyim from the Midwest, it wasn't really time or place for me to uh, talk about the Israel-Palestine issue while, um, you know, my Jewish friends were grieving uh, what was definitely a very triggering event to see a bunch of targeted violence against Jewish people. Um, it's horrible. So I wanted to just let people express their feelings and, uh, you know, their, their fear, their anger, their grief during, during that moment. And then almost immediately, uh, you know, the, the war machine, turns their grief and anger and fear into a a fucking genocide. Turns it into a indiscriminate bombing campaign. And to be opposed to it, you have to qualify it with all of this shit like, yes, I condemn Hamas. Yes, I condemn the killing of innocent people. It's crazy, man. I feel like I'm losing my mind again. We're doing 9-11 again, where just because I'm against (laughs) dropping bombs on masses of people I have to qualify it with saying yeah I'm, I'm against terrorism insane to me but that's what we're doing again I guess here we go I don't know it's it's a lot it's stressful it's not fun um And it makes you feel really powerless. You know, um, I, I've, I've done what I can called my rep. I, uh, you know, I I donated some money. Um, there was a, there was a big March in Brooklyn that I, I didn't end up going to, but I wanted to, I had to go to a fucking birthday thing. I don't know, man. I should have just gone. Um, but it was a great turnout. And uh, if there's any, I don't know, a shred of optimism, it's that it seems like the resistance to the the war narrative is stronger than it was in 2001. Maybe just more people have a platform. You know, the Internet's stronger. More people have voices. I'm listening to different people, but I don't know. It seems less lopsided this time I just I don't know 
always been lopsided. I, I mean, this whole conflict, if you want to call it that, um, is just incredibly asymmetrical. One side has a huge military, nuclear weapons, funding and backing of the biggest world governments. And one side has, you know, some old AK-47s and rocket launchers. It's just not the same. And it's, uh, I, I don't want to come off like I'm praising what Hamas did. Again, I feel crazy that I have to feel, I feel like I have to say that every two minutes. Um, but yeah, it's bad what happened on the seventh, but it's bad what happened before that. This wasn't unprecedented. This wasn't, uh, this didn't come out of nowhere. This didn't start this month. So, dear listener, I implore you to just, you know, read some history. Read, read, read about what's been going on in that region for a while. Learn some stuff. Donate, make calls, march if you can, if you want to. Um, I think this has got to be an all-hands-on-deck situation. And, you know, I, like I keep saying, I felt completely uh, defeated and powerless and helpless when it comes to global events or even national events, really. Like anything outside of just hyper-local, you know, my own maybe city, neighborhood, my block. I have maybe like a little bit of sway in what happens here. But other than that, the powers are so entrenched that there's you're really... Like I've just been screaming into the void, man. I've been screaming into the void. I think... That's what's my, you know, activism started with 9-11 and war opposition. And I feel like I've been just running on a hamster wheel ever since I was 15 years old. And that's why this feels particularly discouraging. But I guess we got to do something. I don't know. If nothing else, it, it, you know, just do it for yourself so you feel a little better. I don't know. I mean, you know, not to be like a fucking freshman philosophy major and like, oh, altruism is really just selfish because you're doing it for yourself. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you volunteer at a soup kitchen, but you're doing it for you. Nah, 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 nah. But whatever. Yeah, it'll it will make you feel a little bit better about the world if you do something. And that's all you can control. So, whatever. <sighs> I just got back from the gym. I've been, you know, just trying to uh, do my own thing. Keep on my schedule. Keep working. Keep doing my shit. And, uh, you know, eyes on my own paper. As I say to my guest, uh, Will Winner. Our, our buddy Will Winner is back. Um, and, you know... Speaking of some some positivity in a negative world, uh, he's oh God, what a ray of sunshine this guy is. We need more positive bros like him. The world needs some optimism. The world needs uh, some some glowing light. The world needs dudes like Will Winner, who just 
stick to their guns and control what they can control and and try and not get discouraged. We need that because you know that your boy uh, has a propensity for feeling very negative. Uh, that's sort of my default. And uh, it's good to balance out your life with people who uh, see things a little differently. Who will uh, put a little pep in your step. So it's always great to talk to him. Um, it, was, it was good to have him back on the show uh, after a while. You know, we, he hasn't been on the show for a couple of years. And he's been, he's been doing a lot of shit. He's been really rising up in the world. So... Good on him. And uh, that's it. I don't know. Let's you know, plugs. Patreon.com slash self-worst. Follow me, Bradical Pearson. Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky, whatever. Threads, I guess. Nobody's doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, let's, let's go to the interview, huh? Uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> hey, buddy. How's it hello, going? Dude. Yeah, man, long time to see. How I know, doing? it's been a minute. Uh, I'm doing all right, you know, just uh, the world being what it is. I'm just trying to kind of uh, keep my eyes on my own paper and uh, just keep keep on moving and doing my own, hey. you know, thing. What are you going to do? The, the scroll has a different feel lately. It's pretty bad. Pretty bad, dude. Uh, not relaxing. It's not a relaxing... Uh, way to kill time no i mean it never is but uh it, it, but it used to be mindless now it's like now it's very... mi- yeah now it's just very traumatizing and 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 bad and you know you just just uh, just dismembered children and just 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 bad stuff yeah all uh, over the place and just really uh you know horrible frightening implications for the future and uh just uh just 9-11 again just me feeling insane <laughs> again like i feel like i already like went through this and it's all coming back it's just it's great like you know we got the low-rise pants back we got the middle parts back we got the bucket hats it's all happening again let's just bring it all back fucking new metal and discmans and homestar runners bring the whole thing back (laughs) run it all back warmongering it's great yeah didn't get enough of that shit the first time it's weird i I really do wonder, you know, Casey thinks that like the nineties were the best time. And like, I kind of think that maybe like progress ended and now we're just caught in this, like things are got about as good as they can be. So we're like, we're at the top of a hill and then it's just like, we're just running to the peak. But then when you get to the peak, there's no way to go. So you just keep on going slightly back down <laughs> and it just feels like we're caught. Yeah, there's a whole essay about this um, called "The End of History." Um, it's by what's this guy, uh, Francis Fukuyama, uh, wrote this, and it's about it's like a long form essay. It's like a little booklet form essay that's uh, about just after the Cold War ended. Um, it kind of felt like the Western world was out of adversaries, and there just wasn't anything left to colonize there's nothing left to like neoliberal capitalism doesn't have anything else to there's no new land to conquer there's no big enemy to fight there's no big great like it's just we're just at the end phase of this thing whatever it is yeah and there's no big step forward from here and we're just kind of 
waiting until we die, I guess. <laughs> so, like <laughs> that's pretty much it. That's pretty much where we've been at. And like, yeah, it's kind of, kind of true. I buy I that. I buy that. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think I have to like desperately seek to uh, find meaning. Uh, not desperately, but like, yeah, you have to inject your own meaning because otherwise it can feel all pretty. Yeah. Otherwise it is truly a big, nothing. It is truly just a big fucking nothing. Um, but it sounds like you've really, uh, you've found some meaning you've gotten your shit together since we last talked. I mean, (laughs) you were well on the path. I think last time we were there, uh, last, last time you were on the show, but now, uh, you're really, you're really there. You got, you got some shit going on. So like fill us in where, where you been? What have you been doing? Uh, okay. I, what have I been doing? I had a kid, mm-hmm. uh, which is rad. I am pro people. Uh, if they're on the fence about having children, taking the leap, I think it's rad. Whenever anybody asks me or even mentions it, I'm just like, fuck it. Just do it. Just, have a kid you can hear him crying a bit in the background um i uh went straight i have a corporate job uh that i like um and i find that it actually like fulfills me and takes some of the things that i knew that i was good at that was kind of banging my head against the wall uh, trying to make work in comedy and other arenas and I, I can just do them and I get celebrated for them, which is fucking sick. Nice. And uh, I run a fitness podcast with my buddy Noah where we're trying to help him transform his body. I've had a couple of uh, – I've, I've kept myself from getting uh, like really big again, which was my goal. I've, I've been able to maintain a certain – uh, level of physique, which I'm pretty proud of. So that was a big change for me. Uh, cause before I would yo-yo. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of everything in a nutshell, my fitness, my, my, my boy and my marriage. Oh, I got married. You got that's married. Sick. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, dude, I'm killing it. I'm loving it. How old's the boy now? 14 months, 14 months. Okay. So that's, that's yeah. What is that getting into talking era? Yeah, he's saying he, some shit. He, he said, "So we only call him baby." So, uh, when his mom, whenever he's like upset, she just goes, "Oh, baby!" She like really mommies him, mm-hmm. and so now his words are "bb." So he goes around, he goes, "bb, bb, bb." So cute. That's amazing. It. That's I mean, what, so uh, you know. I, uh, you might not know this. I, I opted out of, uh, fatherhood about, about a year ago. I decided to get a vasectomy. I'm out. I'm done. I cashed in. Um, and, uh, you know, like, which I also like encourage if, if you're thinking about if you that, know you're out. if you know you're out, then just, just take care of it. Just, just get it snipped, get it done. And, uh, you know, take, take some of the onus of, of birth control off of our female partners. How about that? But, and have you know, some fun. Yeah. yeah and and mean, then you yeah. got, then you got free raw dogging for life, man. You're done. You're out. <laughs> no, not totally free. We don't, we, we don't, you know, like we want people to be responsible. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, STDs kind of are still a thing, dog. but you know, if, if, assuming you're in a, a monogamous thing, that's all, you know, uh, yeah, above board and whatever. I, 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 I 100%, I, I think I'll probably get snippety snipped, uh, we're going to try and have another one. And then after that, I'm going to do part two. Um, does it change your loads? Yeah. 
Uh, oh, oh, does it? Um, no, it does not. Uh, it doesn't. They, they look the same. I would think that they would be less milky. Nope. It doesn't change any. Like all it subtracts from the whole mixture is like the microscopic sperm cells. So everything else, all the other uh, stuff in there, you know, the whatever is in there, the. <laughs> Uh, there's, there, there's some, maybe some salt, some potassium, some, uh, <laughs> electrolytes, oh, yeah, some, uh, I don't know, some B12. I don't know what, whatever, whatever's in there. Some, a thickening agent, um, a roux. Hold on, let me go stop this kid sure. real quick. Uh, I bought a house this yeah. past year and it's because I live in a one bedroom apartment with a child who needs space. Tight. Okay. Uh, that's a big development, but you, you obviously aren't moved in there yet. No, dude. That is house by like having the kid is easy. Anybody mm-hmm. can have a kid. Super easy. The house thing is what made me start to feel like a a real grown man. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what? Just like knowing that you own your own piece of property. In terms of just like having to the know stress. the jargon and like all the yeah the stress. Okay, just the level of <laughs> the level of stress. Like, the amount of times yeah. you have to rub your temples and like exhale through your nose, Big like time. a lot of that. Yeah, and, okay. Um, you can talk to other people about it, but uh, like when you're having your panic attack about like oh fuck, like oh god, like because you have to put up all the money that you ever have had to even get the fucking house, right? Yeah. So there's no such thing as a modest home anymore right no and then you sign your life over to a mortgage yep. so a 30 year commitment yep of paying money and it's not like you can, it's not like a credit card you can't like back out of it like the bank is gonna get their fucking money yeah on the first every single month it's gonna happen so like that you feel like these intense rushes of anxiety and then we had to renovate our house on top of it and you have to make like all of these decisions nonstop every single day on top of your job and being a parent, whatever, that's when I really felt like, oh, like I'm a man, I'm alone in this world, and if like I fail, like it's on me. Like, you know, like right. those like true, like where you're like, oh, this is like what being a grown man, like this is what my dad would like when he would like pound his fist on a table or something. It's just like, that was that type of shit where it's just like, fuck. Right. <laughs> really intense. Yeah, see, this is why I'm a little, uh, I'm not there yet, because I, st- I still, like, will pout my fist on the table, and I don't even have a house. Like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm still renting. I don't have a, I don't have a child, I don't have a wife. I mean, I've got, a, I've got a long-term girlfriends, uh, I'm getting there, I've got, a, I've got a dog. Well, yeah, probably. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. You should. Yeah, I don't know. Um... So yeah, uh, tell tell me a little bit more about fatherhood. I'm I'm uh you know I'm curious about like you know I, I don't want to come off as like anti kid. I, I think like uh, people having kids and, and starting families is is beautiful and amazing. Um and you clearly really want to do that. So like I'm I'm rooting for you doing that and and it's great that you've gotten to do that. But like you know t- tell me about it because it's 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 a path that I have foregone. Hey, it, you know I I was not like. Oh, I gotta have a baby. Um, I gotta have kids. I'm not like I've gotta like continue on the bloodline. None of that mm-hmm. fucking shit. Um, I met the right 
person that I wanted to make kids with. Um, and I, that's something she wanted. And it just kind of made, I don't know, it made sense to me for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that like having kids is like, it just is really, it's kind of like the natural next stage in my, uh, development where like it makes you better um because it engages different parts of at least for me like who i am like now it's like it's go time right and i find that the amount of stress and pressure that i can handle it's really starting to kind of up my game in all facets and i i really enjoy that so I kind of, that's kind of, it's like, I love my kids. I don't bring my kids in my world for a sense of personal development, but it's a nice bonus. So with kid number two, it's going to be even more. And I'm like, bring it on. Cause then I can like, it's like, uh, you know, benching or squatting or something. It's like, you put a little bit more weight on, mm-hmm. it's really intense, but you start to handle it. Right. And then you get more confidence from it. And, uh, so there's that aspect of having kids. And then it's just the joy, man. Like, I don't know. There's nothing like when I, like his voice, when he says BB, I'm Becky records it, puts on a video. I just play it next to my ear 10,000 times on a loop. And it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, that's um, beautiful, man. Um, so yeah. would you say like the most surprising thing has been like learning how much you can handle or what's, what's really surprised you? Um, yeah, I would say it's it's surprising all the stuff that I've been able to juggle at the same time. And, you know, I, you don't stay out late. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really drink anymore. I was like kind of on that tip for a minute. I was like, yeah, it seemed like you had one down. foot out of that life already. I've been trying to, man. That kept on pulling me back in and, <laughs> you know, I was running around. It's like when you don't have this type of shit and we were doing comedy and stuff. Why not? Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I go to bed at like nine, nine thirty. I get up at five thirty. Uh, I get my workout in, I go to work and, but like you find that you have more time than you thought you did because now you prioritize time. Yeah. Um, and it's things have to get done before, I get home for work because when I get home for work, I want to chill with the baby until he goes to bed. Um, that is intense. How do you get up at five thirty in the morning? That is insane. That is that's it. early, man. It's not for everybody. Uh, yeah, get up and work out. Like that's like that takes a lot of willpower points. Well, I, I I did go through like a manic phase right when I first had the kid when I started getting into the fitness coaching space as a side hustle where I was watching all of these, like, uh, Chet Hanks and Wes Watson YouTube videos. And I was sleeping, like, four hours a night and doing really intense, uh, like, CrossFit-style kettlebell workouts. And, yeah, I I literally, like, goggins myself into, like, I am invincible. I am unstoppable. And that was probably not the healthiest place for me to be at. (laughs) No, that's, that's, that's maybe a little far on the other end. Yeah, but it was like I I I notice it having with a lot of my friends who are new dads. It's like uh, it does like 
create some like something happens inside of you where like that hustle mentality manifests in different ways so for me i was just like i'm gonna get fucking abs i'm gonna get as cut as i did in high school i'm gonna like just because i'm a dad i'm not gonna be like uh i'm not gonna let myself go i'm not gonna let this period where you're not sleeping and things are being pretty intense i'm not gonna let that break me and uh so that was my motivation other people would be like making money or there for me it's like i'm gonna get in great shape yeah, what's uh what's your routine been? What have you been kind of doing? Um I might so I thought that like weight loss was gonna be my thing. Mm-hmm. Um and certainly like that that's a common thing that people uh come to me for like weight loss, weight management. Uh, but I thought like something that would be a bigger challenge uh for me to learn specifically, because I'm not like an expert uh, I'm just a practitioner and a motivator is learning how to build muscle mm-hmm. um, to really help out everybody. Cause like losing weight is just one part of the equation. You know, uh, so, some people lose weight and then they're not really happy with what's underneath. Um, so figuring out like, okay. And especially for skinny guys, cause I, I, I worked with a couple of skinny guys who, you know, really wanted to build muscle. I was like, okay, I want to learn how to do this. So right now, uh, I am at the tail, like right in the middle of a bulk. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm going to bulk up probably like three more pounds. I'm going to try and put on as much muscle as I can. And then I'm going to do a strength phase for a little bit and just be trying to get as strong as I can for about three months. And then I'm going to go back down and I'm going to cut and see how much muscle I put on. And I'm hoping I could put on like three or four pounds, but we'll see. Right, but how do you how do you do that? How do you even learn how to do any of that shit? Because like the internet <laughs> is it's rife with information, but it's also rife with like bad information. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, okay. So I'm a researcher by trade. Mm-hmm. So what I try and look for, and what I like, dude, I'm looking at some of the clips that we put out of the pod where I speak a little bit conf. Something about being on camera has you speak confidently. The people that you can trust on the internet are the people that speak with a lot of nuance, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, like, people are saying, okay, if you want to build muscle, here's some things that uh, you know research has shown could be good for you to do. Um, uh, if you want to lose weight, here's some things that might be effective that we've seen in these people. Like anybody who says like, you need to do this, you need to do that, run for the hills, right? right? Uh, every, there's so many ways to fucking crack the egg in here. Uh, muscle building, what I do is I am trying to do compound heavy basics in terms of my lifts, right? So squat, deadlift, bench, pull-ups, military press, and like some sort of uh, either pull up or lat pull down, mm-hmm. something to work the lats. How much right? weight do you usually move? Bent over row, trying to go heavy. Yeah. Right. Um, and the idea is like like as heavy as you can get with like you know doing like five reps. I I think that that's a fine place to start. Yeah. So I use an app. I use Juggernaut AI, and it helps me kind of regulate my weight and my volume. Because I'm getting up at 5:30, because I'm making so many decisions, I get decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. I'm just I pay 35 bucks a month for this app, and it just tells me exactly what to do, and I do it. 
Yeah, that's and a big like uh, people discount the mental aspect of fitness, and it it, it it's so important. Like just psyching yourself into it and just kind of keeping yourself on task is huge. Like, I mean, you know, I've, I've been on my own version of a fitness journey. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm as fierce as you with it, but you know, I, I've been doing stuff. Like I've been doing some kickboxing. I've been doing some Muay Thai. I've been doing a little bit of lifting lately, but I'm also like unsure of what exactly I want. You know, I'm like, do I want to bulk? Do I want to shred? Do I want to lose weight? Like, cause those are all like, if you're kind of a novice going into it, you just, you're just like, I want to get in shape. And then you find out that there's all these like different sort of pathways within that, uh, that, that, you know, might be like, do you want to have like big strength muscles? Do you want to have like shredded tone defined muscles? Do you want to have like some body fat? Do you want to have no body? You know, like there's, then it just gets really confusing and that's where decision fatigue, I think kicks in for a lot of people because it's just like I don't, I don't know I, I lift the thing and it run and uh, I don't know absolutely I mean I, that's what I think that everybody it, the best thing that you can do wherever you're at on your fitness journey wherever you're at in life is like write down like what do you want mm-hmm. so do like a needs analysis on yourself which is something that I've been trying to get Noah to do for our podcast forever. He's so resistant to any form of introspection, like whatsoever. He <laughs> fucking hates it. If yeah. I try and get him to think about like, Hey, what's going on on the inside? He's just like, no, whatever. I'll fucking lift it. I'll do whatever you say, but I won't think about my feelings or anything. It's like, all right. Uh, he doesn't like, but people hate doing this part, but it's, if, if you just talk to yourself, like, okay, uh, what do I want? Do I want to look a certain way? Okay. There's trade-offs to looking a certain way, right? If you want to look like Brad Pitt in fight club, right? Um, yeah. there's like, he's insanely fucking lean. He looks great. That's really yeah. hard to keep up. That's not sustainable. And that's another thing that like, I'm he trying was about to like... 155 pounds at five foot 10. So, and Insane. he's like, yeah, that's really fucking hard, dude. He doesn't actually have that much muscle. He's just insanely lean, right? Uh, if you want to be big like Chris Hemsworth, first of all, maybe consider taking steroids yeah. uh, to look that good. But I mean, also, if you're going for like, any kind of like Marvel look, like that's that's roids. That's not a real. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a real guy. You know, you look you look at like like I think a realistic goal for me is like if I look like. Um, I'm like the strongest man in like an old Russian village. I think like that's probably, you know, like, cause I still have like a bit of like a tummy and like, but I'll have like good arms. I, th- I think that's a good goal for me. Like, look, you know, old school strong with the round dumbbells and the singlets. And like, I think I can handle that level. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's what it's, it's actually like what you, anything can be achieved. That being said, like, uh, I, I'm not one of those guys that says like, you know, the Marvel physique is not attainable, so you shouldn't try to go for it. Like, I make no mistake. I'm trying to be at the end of this year, like big and naturally lean, right? right. Uh, and I, uh, I, I think that I can, you know, get my best version of it, right? Um, so I have like aesthetic goals, uh, but also mostly my my goals are related to longevity, mm-hmm. um, and it's like. Okay, I want to give myself the best quality of life for as long as possible uh, so that I can, like, my dad had me when he was 37, 
And my dad was able to play basketball with me, uh, you know, throw the baseball with me, play with me into like high school. And then it's like there was a separation where, you know, he was getting into his 60s. And it's just like he, he kind of old man a little bit. But like it's really important to me that my dad throughout his late 40s and 50s, like we could, you know, hang yeah. out. Um, and so I want to do that for my son. So like how am I going to position myself the best to do that well like you know putting on a certain amount of muscle mass and then maintaining that which gets harder as you get older that's really important to me and then just like looking good so that i can model healthy behaviors because you know if we're at the beach or something and he knows that i work out all the time i i, I take my shirt off and i ain't got no muscles he's gonna be like well what's the point of working out all right <laughs> so right. i mean it sounds shallow to have aesthetic goals but it's just like you also want to show people that like uh, the lifestyle is, you know, pays dividends. Sure. Uh, and like, honestly, like a little, hard. a little bit of it is first that like a little bit of it is for you and aesthetic. And like, I think that that's totally fine. Like if, if a guy wants to look a certain way and like this point has been driven home so many times is like dudes don't get shredded at the gym for girls. Cause we know that they no. don't give a shit. <laughs> they don't really care. Like they, they might care. be like, okay, cool. That looks good. Like you're looking better, but like they don't give a shit. Like they'll <laughs> fuck whatever, you know? And, and that's fine. Like we're there for ourselves and, and yeah, maybe to like impress other guys, honestly. And like, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird, but, but, but it's a thing. And it's, I, it, there's, it's gay and <laughs> yeah, sure. It's a little gay. It's fine. There's no point in tonight, dude, you know, we're, we're at the, <laughs> so Noah and I, so once you start like really following uh, fitness Instagram, uh, which I'm sure that you've seen this, your yeah. explore page just becomes ripped dudes. So now how we're like approaching getting guests for the podcast is if we both agree that somebody has a sick body, we'll just DM them and see if they want to come on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Literally just finding hot dudes and asking them, hey, how did you become such a hot dude? Yeah, it's like I mean, been I'm one of the greatest pressure of my life. I don't think there's anything weird about that. I think like, like <laughs> girls do this too. Girls dress up for each other and to like impress each other at the club and like, oh, Becky, you look great, blah, blah, blah. Like it's it's a thing. And just I, I think there's a communal aspect to it that is totally fine. And just like, yeah, man, his pecs look amazing. He looks great. Yeah, like, I, it, and like, you know, it's not even I think you said this on on the latest episode of your show. Like it's like it's not even sexual. It's not like I want to fuck no. this guy. It's just I want to look at him. I just want to look at it. <laughs> I, I want to maybe excited. maybe put my hand on it. Maybe just maybe just like I want to touch just, it. Yeah, I want, I want to touch just a little, but like not in a weird way. It's just just I, I want to touch and I want to like get up close. I want to like smell a little bit. Sure, but it's like it's 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 like a it's like a gay chicken all the way up until <laughs> having sex. But like everything else about the dude, I'm just like this is pretty awesome. Looking like a good guy. I do like I can't hide it in my face either. Every time like I like a jack dude comes in the studio our producer would just be like the look in your eyes just crazy <laughs> because i'll just be like like <laughs> it's impressive yeah it's amazing i don't know it's it's incredible like the the spectacle of the human body is is like it's a thing man like the um arnold schwarzenegger was just on wtf um mm. he's a yeah i mean he's a really interesting guy i mean i i obviously like uh you know, he's like a movie star and a big crazy guy. And like, you know, he's, he's, he's like a, a free market capitalist and that's not really my vibe, but 
he's a super positive guy and he's made a whole living out of being just fucking crazy looking just crazy yeah. to look at he's a household name because he is a crazy looking guy he just looks yeah. insane he, his his arms his physique is just like out of this world and you can't like there's something about you know tangible results mm-hmm. uh, and like i don't know it is narcissism but like there was Noah took a picture of the second pod that we did with Diego and it was the first time that I'd been fully happy with my shirtless body in I don't know bro like 10 or 15 years like since mm-hmm. high school uh yeah you look great now by the way you look at you look insane you look amazing I look I look fine now but like I look like my best then where mm-hmm. i was just like yes <laughs> i don't know like I know, i'm not fully comfortable with how deeply satisfied i was when i saw that picture because you see yourself every day you know you you sometimes think you look good you sometimes but yeah. rarely do you get that picture where you're just like oh shit like everything that i did like those 4 5 a.m wake up calls grinding it out in the gym doing double kettlebells by myself in the downstairs in the weight room, having people give me funny looks, uh, like not saying no to things that I wanted to eat, kind of like really putting myself through it. And then I get like a picture for some reason, it's all worth it. And I don't know, like it sounds like sick to me on some level, but also it's like, it's what I needed. And I, I think that like, maybe there's something to that. Like, you know, I think people might judge themselves on their aesthetic quest, but like, you know, maybe that's what you need for some reason. And then you'll have your fill of that and you'll move on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, to, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, I, I don't think that there's any, like, you know, there is like the vanity aspect and, you know, there, there are the pitfalls of body dysmorphia and eating disorders and, you know, just like a lot of toxic gym culture, like shaming of people's bodies, like be they, you know, like, you know, old oh, bro, or out YouTube of shape comments. or like, like, yeah, dude, the YouTube, co- like the comments on people's videos, like the, the, um, open season cruelty on people who are out of shape or overweight is like really fucking not cool. And, you know, there are so few people in the fitness world, I, it's, I guess so far as like influencers who are really like hard stop with that stuff and, and who are really just like, no man, that's not cool. They're at where they're at. And I have clients who are like just straight up fat and they're doing their best and I want to encourage them and I want them to come to the gym and feel good and not feel like they're being laughed at and mocked and judged. And like, we need to be inclusive here as, as gym rats and not fuck with people if they're not where we're at. You know, it's that, that phrase in, uh, it's like a mantra in martial arts. Like, as I am, you will be as I, as you are. I once was like, you have to guide people. And if they want like, cause not everybody wants to get in shape a like, and that's yeah. fine. And not everybody needs to be in shape. Like yeah. totally fine. But like some people want to, and they're not there yet. And you have to just like be okay with them. Like having bad form at the gym and like, quitting after one set and looking kind of, you know, silly for a while because like you looked silly too when you were first starting your fucking dick. 
Yeah, it might take years. Yeah. Uh, and in best case scenario, it does take years because it becomes a part of their life. And it might be a couple of years where they quit. Um, I think that, like, and so, you know, I, I, that's why I don't get dogmatic at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I try really not to sweat the small stuff. Like, you know, fluctuate, like people bugging out about fluctuation and weight from week to week or, uh, you know, on our podcast, Noah's father-in-law, who is like a second dad to him, passed away mm-hmm. and it took away from his weight loss goals, right? Because you got mad people sending him uh, banana pudding and stuff. Yeah. You know, and like, like, yeah, dude, eat the banana pudding. Yeah, man. Like, like live your life, dude. Like that's the other, like sustainability is a big part of it. You have to live in the world. You, you like don't want to turn into like some weird like Mark Wahlberg monster who gets up at three and does this like just fucking psychopath. We will not denigrate the sacred Mark Wahlberg on this podcast. I will leave right now. That man is a saint. All he wants to do is get fit and build businesses and mm-hmm. fucking get us all fucking get it up and move it. No, we can shit on my phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. I mean, listen, like, you know, I, I have family members that you know, I, I love, you know what I love to hear is when somebody is doing it for themselves. Yeah. Whatever the reasons are, um, you know, I have family members who are bigger and, uh, that like, just what, like found the passion for crushing weights. Yeah. And it's just like, you know what? Like, this is for me. I like to go in there. I know I'm strong. That's one of the things that's cool about being big is that sometimes you're big and fucking strong. Yeah. And just, I love to move weights and people don't, people think that I'm not going to be able to do that shit when I walk in the gym. And then they just watch me repping out one twenties and I can be like, what's up? And I'm just like, hell yeah, dude. Um, and I think it's like, you know, the, the benefits that you get from exercise strength, and or cardio, they're different, but <clears throat> just doing anything, right? Yeah. The amount of benefit that your body gets from it is unbelievable. Exercise is just yeah. the prescription for life. Like <clears throat> if you, the, the, the benefits that you get from just doing 10% of exercise separate you so far from people that are inactive that it's, it, it's unbelievable. So like from, 10% to 90%, it's like marginal. From 0 to 10, it's a world of difference. So just do a little bit, whatever's comfortable for you. And I I, I, I know that it will improve uh, life in any small way. Yeah. So, you know, I think that people get caught up wanting to, you know, do it all overnight. I know that I have. I, that's why I like what you said there. It's like I've never... I can't talk shit to anybody because I've been every size and I have literally in life and in exercise, I've given up on myself a thousand times. I've been a fuck up. I've been, uh, you know, overweight. I've been addicted to drugs. Like I can't talk shit to anybody about anything. I'm just here to help. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, and this is, you know, obviously this is a mental health podcast and, 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 we, we focus a lot on that, but I don't think that you can really have one without the other in, in, in some way. Like it, it's extremely important. I think if anybody is struggling with their mental health to have some sort of fitness regimen 
something, like move in some way. And I know that it's hard for a lot of people, but like, and, and it was hard for me. Like I was a fucking, like I hated gym class when I was a kid. I was not a jock and it took a, it was a lot of resistance for me to like finally come around to like, <sighs> fine. I have to like <laughs> make some sort of daily effort to like, you know, do 30 minutes of exercise. Like I have to, because I'm doing everything else. I'm doing talk therapy. I'm on SSRIs. I'm, I'm, you know, meditating and, and journaling and going into my brain and, and figuring out all my traumas and all of my triggers and all of my shit, but I'm still feeling weird all the time. And it's because I'm out of fucking shape. God damn it. I have to do it. Like I have to get in shape. And like, there's also just, you know, the did it opposite. change? Did it change your mental? Yeah. Like, I had to admit yeah. it. I had to admit, like, I feel better now. I feel a lot better that I'm doing this, you know? And, and like, that was like kind of the final straw when I finally got over the hump. Cause like, I was never like, out of shape, out of shape. I was just like normal guy. Like, you know, it was just like your average. Yeah, but now you got muscle. And now I got some muscle and it feels really good. And like now I have some cardio, you know, like some cardio sustainability and can like do, uh, you know, an, an, an hour of Muay Thai and not get too winded that I like pass out. Like I'm still huffing and puffing. I'm still sweating my ass off, but like I can do it, you know, and like I can throw 20 kicks and, and, throw 20 more and like, I'm fine. You're like, it's, it's great. Um, and like finally getting into like past that threshold where I, uh, was on a regular scale and it wasn't, uh, on like a regular tack and it wasn't exhausting me every time. And I would like, like go home from the gym and just be like, okay, cool. What's next? And not just be like, uh, you know, like, cause there is that threshold you have to like get through. Um, mm. and then I felt better and I was like, okay, so like this, this is actually a real thing. Fuck, you know, like this is, this has been the missing piece for so long. And like the other side of, you know, the body dysmorphia thing is, um, you know, the body euphoria, like feeling good and looking the way you want your body to look. And like, that's something that like, you know, I, I think it's talked about so far as like, um, you know, like in, in like queer spaces in like gender affirmation and, and gender confirmation, like feeling that you are of a certain, uh, gender and changing your appearance to look a certain way. Like, I, I think that that's valid, whichever way you're going with it. And so if you have an image of yourself in your head that you want to strive for, and you're going to feel just better about yourself, if you've got like some definition on your delts, go for it. If it's not going to help you, then fuck it. Like, but I, I think like with a lot of people, like they will feel better about themselves when they're looking a little, a, a little more fit. I've got two thoughts. So the first one, I, 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 I think Chris DeStefano said this on a podcast, but it made me uh, reflect that um, with queer spaces and like body positivity, um, yeah, like when I was working at the restaurant, I I always was able to feel sexy from a a, a, a gay gentleman's perspective. They like no matter what size I was, like I would always get some sort of attention. And then I started wondering, like, is like uh, 
body dysmorphia like a straight man's game like are we always aspirational to having some sort of body that isn't ours because i did notice my gay friends were just kind of more celebrating the body that they were in Mm -hmm. which i thought was interesting because i was just like maybe to the point that we talked about on the pod where it's like it's not like a sexual thing necessarily but it's appreciation of a physique Mm-hmm. that i have it's like if i was a gay guy maybe i would just be happy in the body that i have <laughs> as a straight guy i just feel like not enough man i don't know uh, i mean like there's there's for sure a lot of gay dudes with body dysmorphia too but like i i i buy that i'm not totally yeah i i, I don't really know like i think that I think there, the bear thing though yeah like being like a big guy could be celebrated more uh, as a gay man than maybe a straight guy. It's more of a, a thing that is um, specifically fetishized and talked about. Like, st- like bear-like straight men, um, they're usually, like, you rarely hear women talk about how they want to fuck a bear, even if they do, you know? Like, because they're yeah. just like... Well, yeah, they're they're just like the dad bod thing, and like that's cool, and like like, but that's not like a fetish for them because, in general, I'm speaking in broad general terms. I love generalities, baby. uh, Women don't fetishize and objectify men in the male body the same way that we do. Like, and they love us for who we are. Yeah. Or some, some, you know, bullshit like that. They they like us for our, for our souls and our conversation and how, you know, we, we love them and make them feel or whatever. Unbelievable. Fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Um, the other thing was I, 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 I do, I love hearing, like, I feel like sometimes there's this sense around me that like, uh, I am not my body. Mm-hmm. Like the body and the brain are divorced from each other. And like, I, I, you know, I remember bartending and this is the worst move as a bartender, but like when somebody would come in and, you know, you know, I would get these regulars that would like be coming in three or four nights a week, having three martinis. And then, you know, like your bartender becomes your therapist. So they just tell you all their problems, all yeah. their aches and pains. And at some point I'm fucking tired of hearing this shit. It's like, I'm, I, I didn't sign up to be your therapist. I'm your bartender. Right. I would just be like, have you ever thought about like maybe not drinking so much? Like I'm actually taking away business from the bar. <laughs> right. It's just like, you know, maybe if you got a good night of sleep where you didn't go to fucking stumble into bed drunk, uh, you might, have a different attitude. Maybe if you didn't experience every single day on a low level hangover, uh, you might have a different perspective yeah. on your life. Yeah. Now I'm not saying not to drink, but like the people like can live in these completely divorced states where it's like, I am not my body. It's yeah. just like, you're absolutely your body. I would argue that you're mostly your body because your brain is like, I'm seven different people from day to day. If my body is intact, I feel like uh, at least a, a, a an entity that moves in an alignment, right? Whereas, like, when I'm drunk, it's like... Right. My brain is not aligned. Uh, so, yeah. when you think about, like, your boy growing up and, and being a fitness dad and, um, and, you know, like, setting a good example and all of that stuff, like, I think... Probably, I can imagine that the scariest thing about fatherhood 
is just knowing that your kid is going to go through a lot of the same shit that you did, no matter how you try and protect them. And if, you know, if, if, if young Theo is, is his father's son, he's going to have a lot of emotions and he's maybe going <laughs> to like spin out in his twenties and, and he's going to go through all of that. And like, how do you prepare? What are you going to do? I don't know, man. I mean, uh, well, I read an article last week that it's mostly this, uh, I guess this is, this was a, I think a controversial article, but it's, you know, it's mostly genetics. Mm-hmm. So we like to think that parenting has all of so much to do with how your kid turns out. But this article that I read, which was in psychology today said that, you know, actually it's mostly genetics, meaning identical twins raised uh, apart from each other have very similar outcomes despite being raised by different parents, right? So if you're controlling for income and, and, you know, they're not raised in, uh, you know, a completely broken home where they have food instability and all this stuff, but if it's relatively the same and they're well provided for, they'll turn out pretty much the same. Hmm. So my responsibility as parent is to make sure that my kid is provided for that he doesn't die. Number one, or number one is don't die. Number two is that like he's provided for. And uh, outside of that, I just kind of got to roll with the punches. And yeah. I, I want to be honest with him. I think that one of the things that I've come to terms with is I wish my folks had kind of pulled me aside when I was spinning out. Uh, but they didn't know how to have that conversation. So I, I feel like I'm blessed as I can have any type of conversation, uh, you know, and I've actually seen so many things being in comedy and working at restaurants where I've seen people really spinning out and I can like know how to broach it and just be like, Hey dude, you okay? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that comes like, up a lot in the restaurant world and the comedy world. There are, there are some people who are really, uh, fully spinning. Yeah. Like I, no judgment here. Uh, yeah. like I've been there and I can't really fix you. That That's something that I, like, I can't, I, I will, I will help anybody to the ends of the earth, but you have to say that you want it and you got to show up and I can, my, my job can be like, you okay? Really care about you. But a lot of times I'd say, you know, seven times out of 10 people go, I'm good. And they just yeah. keep it moving. And have you been able to like do that for somebody and like kind of uh, help pull them back from from the edge? It spurts, yeah. Um, I had a friend last year that uh, you know needed to go to rehab and mm-hmm. got him in a rehab and uh, got him back on track. But it's like you know that that journey is its own thing. So there can be times where it feels like it's one step forward, two steps back. But yeah. at least uh, not dead. Right. So plus, yeah, I get, I, I put that in the, in the wind column, but, uh, there are days where it doesn't feel like that, but you know, um, yeah, so it's, it's scary. That, that part scares me about having a kid. I like going, they say up until like age six, it's all just great. And then it gets kind of hard. Mm-hmm. You really have to parent. Um, 
don't know. You know, I, I, I want, I want him to live in a world and have his own experiences and be his own person and all that stuff. So yeah, hopefully I'll keep busy and hopefully I'll, he'll think that I'm cool and he'll want to hang out with me. Are you uh, done with I'll comedy? Complete her. Uh, doing shows and stuff. Kind of. Yeah. Wow. Um, I like podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, I'm writing, I do writing with, uh, my buddy Ryan. Um, so like, I still have my foot in those arenas, uh, and I'll always keep something there, but I have no ambition to be a road comic anymore after having kids. Hmm. Um, I really like, I want to be around like all the time and I think it's important. And not because I think that my parenting is going to change his life. Clearly, I don't. Right. Uh, but I just don't want to miss it, dude. Like, it's, I don't, like, it's it's wild to me. I, I, do, I, I do get judgy. Like, when I watch reality TV shows and people are going, like, on the challenge, and it's like, yo, you're going to leave your fucking, you know, year-old kid for two or three months to go on fucking reality tv show like what are you doing they're always like well i gotta win this money for my family it's like no you don't you can just get a normal fucking job like you don't have to go well and also the fine print with all those reality show things is like the money really isn't that much and like they own you and your likeness in perpetuity and like it's really not as sweet of a deal as as you think it is people get yeah and i get yeah, man. I don't know. I So if I don't want to be a road comic, I could just do bar shows for forever. But mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not really at that stage in life right now. Maybe I'll come back to it someday. But I don't really. It's fucked up. I also don't really find myself missing it all that much. I mean, it sounds like you've got other priorities. I don't know. Like, isn't getting old great? I, I'm enjoying I it, it so far. Because, like, I was talking about this with a friend just a couple of weeks ago. And, like... We hadn't seen each other for a while, and I was just like, yeah, man, I think uh, I think I just know more about who I am, what I want, and um, I'm not as worried about pleasing everyone, and I'm not as worried about uh, everyone liking me, and I'm not as worried about controlling everything and what people think and do. You're like, I have a very small scope of influence in my life and I'm going to stick to that. And like it, the, the, the amount of worrying about shit that's beyond my control, um, that I have let go of in the last, even just last couple of years, um, has really, uh, helped center me and really helped me kind of just, uh, I don't know, just focus and improve and, 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 you know, like just, uh, you know, work on, work on other stuff. I don't know, like get myself into like the, the coding boot camp and like that stuff, like, which, that. yeah, by the way, like, uh, for the listener, uh, Will Winner is a, is a big, uh, influence inspiration for me to actually like go to it. I went to the same, uh, school he went to and we talked about it beforehand and, and he kind of guided me through what the process is. And, you know, so like, uh, I think you, you know, you had a pretty big mark on, on my, like my life and the, the way that that's been going. I mean, 
haven't gotten a job yet, so to speak of, but you know, like also again, out of my hands, job market is pretty bad right now. It's slow. Nobody from my cohort's been hired on anything. I've gotten a couple of freelance things. And so like I'm stacking those up and trying to just like, again, eyes on my paper, uh, you know, and, and, and not, uh, not compare myself too much to, to, to other people. I, so that whole, I'm so proud of you, by the way, dude. Thank you. Um, you knew that you wanted to do something. We both knew that it's going to be hard as shit. Coding mm. is fucking hard. It's really hard. <laughs> I did the UX bootcamp. UX is much easier to transition into. Coding requires, uh, it's like learning a language and mm -hmm. then, fucking uh speaking it at the highest level and i mean you could speak to it a lot better than i can but yo you went for it and you did it yeah and i think that like getting like don't poo poo the freelance the freelance is awesome like i had to do pro bono work and i used that i put that on my resume and then yeah. that got me launched into the thing it's all about finding the right opportunity but that's so fucking rad dude yeah, it's been it's been a good journey. And it's uh, again, like, I don't think it was something that I would have been able to do if I was still kind of uh, spinning my wheels and uh, worrying so much about all these things that were beyond my grasp, you know, and, and just sort of like clamping down on something and be like, you know what, make a decision, go for a thing and and um you know, just there was there was a lot of doubt going in and there still kind of is that like uh, I I think that the there can be a I don't know, mistake that people make with any kind of higher education, but also with like, you know, but we're just talking about the boot camps that it's like a um, like a golden ticket kind of thing that like if yeah. you, you know, since you did this thing and got your certification, then you're on easy street and you're making six figures. And like, it's not one-to-one. -one. It's not like, uh, lifting where there is a, like kind of a fairness. There is more of a one-to-one. -one. I mean, genetics are one thing. Like some people just got bigger arms, whatever, but there is an immediate one-to-one -one result, but not so much in, uh, you know, the job world, where like it's all dependent on all these other things and networking and the whims of capitalism and all of this stuff that like really isn't under your control. And, you know, it's um, that's been another challenge, like since the boot camp ended last spring was uh, keeping myself sharp and keeping myself moving on stuff and keeping working. Um, because, again, like, you know, I'm a. a I'm a fitness class guy. I need uh, somebody to be like yelling at me to to do the thing, not like mean, you know, yelling like. You think you better do it? But yeah, but like telling me to do the thing. If I am prompted to do it, I will do it. But if I am just by myself trying to solve problems on Leet Code to like build up my my skills, like I can't do it so like i'm trying to organize with people from my old uh cohort to like meet up every week and like we'll work on a problem together just having one other person there is such a huge difference 
you know, um, to, to, to like just psychologically get yourself to like actually push through the problem and not just like, I mean, cause you're doing it on a web browser and there's another tab like right there and you can just fucking just have just go on Twitter. Do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like you can just stop focusing, but you can't really do that so much if you're like screen sharing and somebody else is looking at what you're doing. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that that's going to pay dividends. I, uh, you know, I had the most amazing thing where I had to grind. I, I taught at GA, the mm-hmm. school that we went to for a little bit after. And then uh, I could have taken a, a instructor position there, which I knew was a, just a horrible idea because I had no industry experience. So none of the kids would or none of the students would have respected right. me on some level. Um and then I just reached out on social media to every single person. I just put up a blanket post being like, hey, share this if you know anybody in UX. And it just got reshared, 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 reshared. And I did like 20 informational interviews. So just little coffee chats with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 18 of those went nowhere. Two of them went somewhere. And I got really fucking lucky. And it was only after. I thought I was going to be getting a job in September and I worked really hard, prepared my portfolio, got all the way there and only to be told in two seconds, oh, actually, we don't, we can't hire you right now for this position. So I promptly had a panic attack uh, in front of my wife's family oh, and wow. it was brutal. Uh, it was the first time that our parents were meeting each other and we were going to brunch. And the day before I didn't get the job. Uh, and I didn't sleep all night because I was obsessing and I was just, it was everything that I wanted. I felt like I was like owed it or something, you know, like yeah. when you really are convinced that like you're on some sort of like universe hot streak or some shit. And I took Benadryl, it didn't put me to sleep and I took like a NyQuil and it didn't put me to sleep. So then it was like a 90 degree day. We're walking to brunch and I hadn't slept at all. And I was talking to Becky. I was like, I don't feel good. I, I didn't sleep. She's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And then we're waiting outside in line for brunch. And I just like nosedive oh, on no. the sidewalk. And I start to go like, yeah. And it's like right in front of my parents when they're meeting her parents for the first time. I had to go home in a car. It was bad. Jeez. Dude like some tony soprano shit (laughs) were they Uh, all um under were they all understanding of like okay so he has you know panic disorder understanding but it was odd yeah i mean it's still (laughs) it's still awkward but like you know so long as people aren't just like whoa okay well you know and (laughs) like nobody was a dick about it that's good um you know it's 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 uh it's it's october now i'm i'm watching a lot of horror movies we just i just rewatched uh Drag me to hell uh, for the first time, like since it came out. Caitlin had never seen it. It's a really good one, and there's a scene in it where I mean, it's different, like because it's you know it's like a curse, you know, it's like a supernatural thing. That's Sam Raimi, right? That's Sam Raimi, yeah. But it's it's a good allegory for like a, a a panic, like an anxiety disorder, because she's she's sitting there, she's meeting Justin Long's parents, and like they're these like awful like Reaganite dickheads at this like really nice house and they're looking down on her because like she's like a a farm girl and stuff and uh and then she thinks that everything's kind of okay and then like stuff starts happening she starts seeing stuff and she starts like you know the the camera starts doing the the Sam Raimi like 
spin tilt thing yeah. and and like I was like oh this is what it feels like this is this is yeah this is you're you're having a panic attack in in, in front of your like your booze parents and this isn't going to end well and it's like the same That's, it's the exact same. dude yeah. yeah i i it really i kind of had one last night and it was i don't really have i probably have like one or two a year mm-hmm. um and it's <sighs> I usually I can't breathe right, so it's just like, <laughs> yeah. And I just I can't stop obsessive thinking about how it's not gonna work, and that's the thing that like uh, that leads to me. So it's it's you know I I've, I've made a lot of progress in my life, but like those still those feelings can come back yeah. at any time. And, just got to live through them and just be blessed that I'm with somebody that, uh, takes me as I am. Uh, when, what do you think was like the, the root cause of, of this most recent one? Uh, decision fatigue, um, over the house and everything. Yeah, dude. It's like, I, 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 I'm up for promotion this year. So I'm like really pedaled in the middle at work. And then I'm also, pedal in the middle on this house and uh it's it's just a lot dude and i i i have things have to happen within a certain time frame uh on both sides with the house and in my work life and uh if something gets delayed or fucked up um it it seems it sends me into defcon 5 because then it's just like well, if this doesn't happen now, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and it's that all or nothing thinking that really accelerates it. But I, even then, it's like, I don't know. Going back to the body and the brain, I, I don't know what's what. So it's like, is it my cortisol is just spiked mm. because all this shit is happening? Or is it my thinking that's influencing my body? And um, I don't know. It's just I have to remind myself, like, not to get into that all-or-nothing mode. I have to remind myself that I have plenty of people that love me, that want to help me, that I can ask for help, that it's good to ask for help, that smart people ask for help. Um, Because a lot of it entails from, like, just general feelings of, worthlessness and that I'm stupid and that I'm incapable. Mm. And if I remind myself that like, Hey man, it's good to ask for help. Smart people ask for help. That's what smart people do. That's what you're good at. Why don't you go do that? Um, it can be better, but it can be hard to, to have that rational voice come in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's anything like that. It's, you can manage it, but you can't fully get rid of it. You know, like it, the, some part of it is still going to be there. And again, with like a, like a horror movie analogy, like if, if, if you've ever seen the Babadook, um, there's a very similar kind of thing, like the way it sort of shakes out spoiler alerts for the Babadook. Cause I don't know. It's like a fucking 10 year old movie it's at this been point. Out for like a decade. Yeah. Uh, they don't destroy the curse, but they just kind of contain it. And so it it ends up just being sort of like benign, but it's still there. It's still like 
it still has its moments where it like shakes and rattles and, and, and gets crazy, but like they know what to do when it happens and, and they can sort of like be like, up, 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 up. get back in your thing, put it away. You're good. And that's it. And like, that's as good as it gets, you know, um, pretty much it. But I say it's a massive trait of like, there's highly successful people. It's they, they think that their ideas are better than other people. So it's like kind of narcissistic. But then it's this uh, void um, of like uh, worthlessness mm-hmm. or like helplessness that really. So on the, on the plus side, like I, I think that I have something to contribute. But on the the back end of that, it's like, well, I think I have something to contribute. And if I don't contribute, then like everything's going to fall to shit. And nobody's everybody's going to realize that I'm a fucking fake and that I'm worthless. Da, 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 da. Right. So it's kind of harnessing that energy a little bit. I, you know, and I see it with like really successful people at my company. Like something I realized, like the, the further up you get in the C-suite, it's just chill people that are good at communicating. Yeah. So there's a lot of like skilled people that are really good at their skill, but like uh, the super successful people that are getting promoted all the time are just like, uh, ideas people that are throwing things out there and they'll be like I don't know maybe that was a bad idea what do you guys think and I'll be like right. I don't know dude you're the fucking boss <laughs> I never thought that bosses were supposed to talk like that I was just like oh yeah these guys are they're just I- idea exchangers and connectors mm-hmm. um, so I don't ever I, I don't think I want to lose that that little piece of me I want to keep it there yeah it can I mean again, like the brain that makes you mentally ill is also the brain that gives you the specific skills and talents that you have. And, you know, there, there is some truth to, you know, like it's been talked to death, the idea that like, you know, comics or creatives or whoever, like they don't want to get better. They don't want to get sober because it all comes from their darkness and blah, blah, blah. But there is like a kernel of truth to that. Whereas like there is some dark, element there there is a conduit to the darkness that you have that is good you just have to know how to control it so it doesn't flood you you know you have to know how to turn the valve and it's good that you have that particular sensitivity to that vibe because that's going to make you sensitive to like a lot of other things but you you also have to really learn how to manage it because otherwise it's gonna it's gonna ride you yeah, um, that's a big thing that I've learned is like so far as imposter syndrome going into like white collar work for pretty much the first time in my life um, is that really like it across the board, every experience that I've had in my like, you know, short freelance career in in tech stuff is everybody I'm working for, they're also just people and they don't know anything. They don't know everything either. They know some stuff. They're maybe like a little bit better at stuff than me, but that's just experience. Like the, the, like most people who have like led me on projects, they've just been doing it for longer, but they still, um, you know, when, when like the build isn't working, when we're getting an error, when, when there's some sort of like, shit going down in the terminal and we don't know why it's um, like why it's not sending, why it's not committing, blah, blah, blah. 
they're they're just as frustrated, you know, but they just like have a little bit more of a toolbox and don't have to just like hop onto like Google or chat GPT immediately to, to solve it. They're just like, oh, I think I've seen this before, but like this is annoying, you know, and and just figuring out that they're just there's people and this is actually fully within my purview and I can actually kind of hang with this like because, you know, just an entire fucking lifetime since I've been in high school of just working in like service industry and blue collar jobs just makes me feel like I am not cut out for office work period. But like, it's, it's just not true. I think we're better at office work, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that there's an appreciation, mm-hmm. um, when you've had to like really grind. Yeah. Uh, there's an appreciation for like certain things. Like I find punctuality yeah. is better. I find yeah. that like appreciating just like being there, like, like free snacks. Like I agree. Like, I, I think, I think that there is, um, there is a mental toughness that people who have worked in manual labor service, blue collar, whatever you want to call it stuff who go into office work versus people who have had nothing but white collar jobs their whole life. There is a fortitude there because it's like you have had to like unload a truck with a pallet jack in the rain. And like, you didn't want to be doing that shit. And like, it was intensely uncomfortable and you got through it. Um, so there is a bit more of a stick with itness, I think that, that you can learn. It's just, then you have to like learn how to, you know, just office decorum on top of it. You know, that's it. A little bit. Like I, 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 I keep kind of, I keep it kind of loose. Like I do, I don't swear as much in the yeah. office, but I like. <laughs> I realize, yeah, all of my bosses like swear, like I, I can filter it. I can, I can do the very polite you know, like yeah. G-rated uh, filter for for work and keep everything very professional and not make any like weird sexual references or not like you know like just just keep it you know keep it cool. And, but then like then my boss is just you know they're, they're saying fucking shit and blah, like they're just like very casual. I'm like oh okay, so I don't need to. I'm fine. Yeah, everybody's chill. It's yeah. like I. And they're all people. Nobody thought that they were going to be working white collar tech. Like yeah. very few people uh, plan on it their whole life. And like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I there are I those people who I, are like totally born for it, and like that's the thing that they've been going for. for. Sure. But like everybody from my cohort, like they're most all like second career kind of people, and you know, like I. I have you know built my whole like internet persona around like me being this like mentally ill socialist. So like uh, people are going <laughs> to, people are going to take it or that leave it at persona. the job. I've never heard you right? encapsulate it. That's so, what so I am. I and am that's, a mentally ill socialist. Yeah. And that's fucking who I am. And that's going to come out at work. So like, if that's going to be a problem, then I'm just not going to be a fit there. You know, so far as the job search, that's not a thing I'm going to turn off. It's, it might, shorten or it might lengthen my 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 job search like it might slow me down in some ways but like that's just that's just how it's gonna have to be i think it's, crumbles, like, baby. yeah it's who, who i am yeah 
Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you're out in the podcast world again. It's so good to like hear your voice and hear your positive vibes and everything again. Like I, I, I've missed you so okay, much since, since good, the dad and the ugly went away. And like, you know, it's just, it's just good to have you like back out in the world and everything. So like we should wrap up, but, um, you know, let's have you plug your, your show and everything and, and tell everybody what you're up to and how to find you. Wow. It was so great seeing you. I love doing your show. I'll do it anytime. Uh, you should come on my pod if you want to come on our pod. I'd love to. I don't, I'm not as physically fit as I think most of your guests, but you know, I wanna, yeah. no, we, we, we want to have everybody. I'm like in between. Uh, I'm you know like I'm sort of strong, but I'm sort of not. Like I'm, I'm doing journey. a thing. I'm on so a fitness So you went journey. from somebody that hated working out mm -hmm. to somebody that's now doing Muay Thai. That's your yeah. really fucking interest. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my podcast is Get Ripped or Die Trying with Will Winter and Noah Savage. Uh, my buddy Noah used to play basketball for Princeton. He was a very, very good basketball player. Um, since college, he's put on about 70 pounds. So when he hit me up about doing this pod, he was uh, 290. And he wants to get down to 265. Uh, you can listen to the first season to find out if he achieves his goal. Spoiler alert, he does not. But <laughs> it's still uh, a good listen because it's about, like, the stuff that we talked about today, man. Uh, you know, ambitious goal setting. Mm -hmm. What? Why are we actually trying to get to 265? Like, what is this all for? Uh, and I think it's rad. We have really cool guests we just had Marcus Philly on. Marcus Philly is like one of the biggest fit influencers on uh, Instagram. He's one of the most ripped dudes ever. Yeah, he's uh, got a crazy body. Go check him out. Yeah, I, I got saw. Got a crazy beautiful body. And um, yeah, man, we have comics on. We talk shit. We have fun. We make fun of other fitness Instagram. And uh, there's plenty there. Yeah, there's plenty of fucking ridiculous people too. Like that's Chet tough. Hanks forever. I'm getting <laughs> Chet Hanks on this. I'm so pissed that he was on Adam Friedland's podcast. Mm -hmm. But I want Chet Hanks is my idol. He was the inspiration behind us starting the pod. Uh, I was watching him go for like his glow up from fucking fuck up to millionaire motivational speaker and i was just like we're doing that shit if chet hanks can do it we can too so chet hanks in season two that's my goal i've been dming him he is not responding <laughs> we'll, we'll see what's up all right I'll, I'll start dming him too on your behalf we'll start a whole campaign <laughs> or something please do anybody listening to this dm chet if you've got a line into chet hanks like let us know please I, I, this is because then I'll be able to retire. It's just that I want to talk to Chet on a podcast, and then I can hang this up. All right, let's get that done. What a fucking sweet guy, you know? I mean, I just feel so recharged every time I talk to him. He's found, I think, a good, um, a good calling. If he's going to be doing like fitness coaching and life coaching, I think that's a great path for him because he knows how to uh, gas people up. He knows how to just uh, turn that frown upside down. And again, we need people like that in our lives, man, because it is not easy to maintain a positive mental attitude uh, in this world. So, you know, uh, everybody go make friends with Will Winter. Flood his DMs, ask him to hang out, uh, be a, a, a coach get get in shape have him be your fitness coach pay him a bunch of money 
um, and have him, you know, be your friend and your guru. Everybody right now listening to this, just overwhelm him. Uh, tell him I sent you. So anyway, um, yeah, check check his stuff out. Uh, it's a fun show. If you're into the fitness world kind of stuff, um, which I know not everybody is, not everybody's cup of tea, but if you are, or if you're curious about that world, he's a good entree into it. Because, you know, he's he's not a he's not a dick about it. And like we said in the show, like so many people in the fitness world are fucking dicks about it. And I guarantee you that you'll feel better if you do just a little bit of movement every day. I didn't want it to be true either. I love laying in bed scrolling on phone. Lay in bed, look at phone is one of my favorite activities. But you do too much lay in bed, look at phone, you're not going to be feeling good. So get out there and, and do some shit. And, uh, you know, uh, count your blessings. Look, you're not getting carpet bombed. You didn't have to scoop your neighbor into a body bag. You know that you'll probably wake up alive tomorrow. So, hey, you know, blessing right there. Boom. You're doing fine. You got podcasts and the internet and stuff for now. Um... This might be as good as it gets. <laughs> this might be as good as your life ever gets. It might be downhill from here. So really savor it, folks. Because, uh, oof. I don't know. All right. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, I got other stuff to do. And uh, I'm going to let you get on your way and listen to other, you know, whatever's next in your queue or whatever, whatever else you got going on. Um, that's all, you know, patreon.com slash self worst radical Pearson, Instagram, Twitter, self worst on Instagram. Follow all that tag, uh, tag us on, on Instagram screenshot and, uh, tag us, put us in your stories, promote the show, help me out. I'll repost. Um, I'll high five you. I'll, uh, come over to your house. I'll probably bring something. Um, and, and that's it. I don't know. Rate, review, all of that. You know, you know what to do. Same with uh, every podcast. Every podcast wants you to help out. They want to give you something for something. Anyway. Uh, that's all. I'm... Brad Pearson and until next time uh, do your best <laughs>